Welcome back to The Way of Love. This is our final bonus episode between season one and season two. And Sandy, we've got a story today about an event you attended with Bishop Curry. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this past July, Bishop Curry and I had the amazing opportunity to attend the first Evento de Jóvenes Episcopales, Episcopal Youth Event for the Ninth Province of the Episcopal Church. And when I say youth event, I should mention that in the Latin American context, youth refers to roughly ages 16 through 26. In this event, most of the participants were in the 17 through 23 age range. So how about we let Bishop Curry tell us a bit more about Province 9 and his experience at the event? Province 9 is composed of a number of countries in Latin America that have historically been part of or had relationships with the Episcopal Church and are now part of the Episcopal Church. Mm -hmm. Episcopalians in the United States itself often don't realize that the Episcopal Church in Venezuela is part of the Episcopal Church or Colombia or Honduras or Dominican Republic Mm -hmm. or now Cuba. This gathering has 200 young people and they come from all of the dioceses that are in in the ninth province of the Episcopal Church, as well as several dioceses. I know Guatemala is here, mm-hmm. uh, Costa Rica, Mexico. Uh, Mexico, and El Salvador. I mm-hmm. think there's some kids That's from right. El Salvador um, who are part of the Anglican province of Iarca, uh, which is an Anglican province, but they're here as well. The young people who are here are reflective of the incredible work that's going on Mm -hmm. in this province uh, with young people. And I mean real intensive and real gospel work, if you will. Their Jesus movement here that's really going on uh, quite powerfully and has been for a long time. I remember a couple of years ago, I was in Honduras Mm -hmm. and we had a revival there with some 3,000 people, most of whom were young adults, young people, and children. And while there, the young adults asked Bishop Lloyd if he and I would come with them to do evangelism and witnessing on the street corners. Wow. And that came from them. That wasn't us. Right. That wasn't, you know, <laughs> clergy coming up with that. That that came from them. There, just a, a little while ago, before we were doing this podcast, there were young people talking about the way of love. That's been the theme of their time together. And what does it look like to live and love the way Jesus lives mm-hmm. and loves? And to listen to their presentations, there was serious engagement with how to live a life that reflects the love of God in Jesus Christ for real. And how do you do that sometimes in a skeptical culture? How do you do that in ways that share your faith without being intrusive or Mm. just being unchristian? How do you do that in loving ways? But how do you actually do that? They're now in workshops on evangelism, on the spiritual practices of the way of love, everything from prayer, various types of meditation, various ways to study Holy Scripture, following, you know, the turn, learn, worship, pray, Uh, bless, go, rest. That's going on here because that's the quality of ministry that is happening in the ninth province of the Episcopal Church. The energy, you can can feel it, you can (laughs) see it. It's very much energy, yes. (laughs) What is it that gives you hope about this event and them taking on the way of love and taking it back to their native countries? You know, you use the word energy, and I'll tell you why, that there is incredible energy here among the young people. Now, young people have more energy than people my age, to be sure. But I remember when I was in seminary, this is back in the 1970s, and this was the time when there were the energy crises because of the oil embargo and boycotts. Mm. 
I remember reading a little pamphlet in an article that was written by the late Bishop Christopher Stendhal, who was a New Testament professor at Harvard Divinity at the time. In this essay, he described the Holy Spirit as the energy of God. Where you see the kind of energy that we have seen here coming from young people, energy at prayer, energy at worship, energy in receiving Holy Communion, energy in interacting and having fun with each other, where you see that kind of energy, the Holy Spirit is there. That is not just adrenaline. Mm -hmm. That's the Holy Spirit. And that happening here is reflective of what is happening throughout this province and what can happen. They're already talking about this not just being the first and last, this being the first of many. Mm. And having this becoming a springboard for helping to develop and expand ministry to youth and young people in the communities there. And not just young people who are already in churches, but expanding beyond them to reaching out to youth and young people in their communities. That's the hope and the dream. That's a Jesus movement taking Mm -hmm. root and living. Yes, and something uh, that you said yesterday in your message uh, for the young people during the Mm -hmm. opening Eucharist was, let no one despise your Mm -hmm. youth. Follow Jesus and just love. Mm -hmm. So I I hope that that's something that they can actually live through and be examples of that love of Jesus in their own context. And you know, that message, that came from the passages the youth selected. The wisdom, the Spirit spoke through them. That's the kind of energy, the, the Holy Spirit that's speaking through them. And they're going to go home and that's going to take root there even more than it already has. And that can be a game changer. So we've heard a little bit about this event from the conversation you two had while you were there, but what are you still thinking about, Sandy? Hmm. I'm still thinking about the joy that I felt while I was there. I'm still thinking about the amazing exchange of cultures from all the different countries and the powerful stories that were shared. But something that comes to mind when I think of my time at um, Ehe is the energy. And I think Bishop Carey touched on that. Not only during the worship times, there was singing and dancing, but the the way this youth talked about and expressed themselves about Jesus and the gospel was amazing and very contagious. The testimonies of struggle, of success, and hope were so, so relatable. I think there was this palpable air of confidence and fearlessness to to not be ashamed to share their stories, to talk about God and the ministry that they're doing in their in their context. Do you think that there's something about the cultural contexts that the participants were coming from that contributes to that sense of of confidence and of joy? Yeah, I th- I think so. I'm originally from the ninth province. I come from uh, the Dominican Republic. I think something different from the way you grew up as a young person in in the United States compared to the ninth province is this freedom to to speak about faith in the sense of naming it instead of uh, generalizing it. I don't know if that makes sense at all. And I've heard a lot of adults talk about it. There's this evangelistic side of the way they experience their faith and express their faith. And I think it relates a lot to the to the message that Bishop Curry shared with them and the theme song, which was written by a youth band from Honduras. They were called Proclama Worship. It was titled No Me Avergonzare, which translates to I Won't Be Ashamed. 
And that was a highlight. And I think a lot of the youth grabbed onto that. It was an encouragement to continue to evangelize and to be examples to other youth in their congregations and to younger children to not be afraid to to say, you know, this is what I believe, this is my faith, and this is how I'm living it. We weren't just standing there with our arms folded, but we were lifting our hands, we were moving our bodies, we were able to use all all of all of ourselves, all you know, our whole body to express our excitement. Well, it sounds like a really powerful event. Are there a couple of stories in those testimonies that you want to share? Yeah, so I had a, a great conversation with a young lady named Ana Victoria. She's from the Dominican Republic, and we were talking about the way of love and some of the practices, and she shared a really, really interesting story about prayer, um, how there was a time when she was leading a youth retreat. Una vez yo estaba en un retiro de jóvenes, y estaba super rápido ahí. And she was sick during that time, but she was so focused and she was so adamant that the event came out well. And it was so stressful that it made her feel even worse, you know. So she, all of a sudden, she fainted during that time. She fainted. She fainted. Uh, she fainted while running around, making sure everything was organized. And she said that all she remembers is that someone from the event, one of the direct the spiritual directors, came up to her, laid their hands on her, and said a prayer. They were so concerned that they took a minute and prayed over her. And she shares a story with other youth to, to show them the power of prayer and the power of taking the time to stop, to realize that it's okay this event might not go 100%, you know, might not. <laughs> uh, I think we can all relate to that. You know, we want everything to come out the, the best way possible, but it's okay to stop and say, I've done everything I can. I've given it all and I'm going to stop and just put it in God's hands. <laughs> I totally agree. The story makes me think of a time I was on the home stretch of a big project and was running around and really kind of agitated and hmm. I actually hit my head really hard on a screen oh. that was hanging behind my desk. And and then that just made me completely lose it. And my boss actually had to send me home. She said, you know what? You're just not being helpful right now. You, you, you need a timeout, basically, was what she told mm. me. Yeah, it's relatable. I think it's, it's it's a reminder every day I should set some time aside. It just makes everything much better. You know, it calms you down. It centers you. So how about another story from your conversations? Yeah, I also had a great conversation with a young lady from Honduras. Her name was Kimberly. We were talking about the way of love in their context and how they, they practice that. And she mentioned that every Friday, every Friday in, in her community in Honduras, they have a worship service. Because the choir of the church is formed by jóvenes and was impulsed by jóvenes. It is organized and led by youth. And they always encourage other people from the community to come. But the youth are the ones that are, are motivating and are promoting this event to show the community, to show the adults, to show the children that they are the ones interested in taking that time to worship. So they do a lot of prayer, they do a lot of singing, and it's all youth-led. And she shared how wonderful it is to just be in the presence of God. And she also mentioned that it's a space that has become a safe space that has become a space where you feel free, a space where you feel accepted, and a space to just live their faith without any fear. Mm. This is in a country where finding that safe space isn't always a given, right? 
Right. So we're talking about a developing nation in Central America where most of us have seen in the news the the situation that they're going through with a lot of violence and people migrating because of not being able to feel safe in their homes. And she shared that um, there was this special time. Una noche que se intercedió por lo que sería nuestro Honduras. One of the Fridays that they had the worship service where they decided to dedicate it to pray for Honduras, for the whole country, to pray for safety, to pray for a future where children are able to walk on the street without being worried about getting home or, or girls feel safe to just walk alone. There were families, there were There were so many people in the community that felt that that was that was what they needed. The power of love continues to push us to to be together, to work together towards um, towards a better a better life, towards a better uh, a better future. Wow, that's powerful. So, was the event fun for you? It was so fun. I think I needed that boost of energy. It was so great to be back to my roots, to experience uh, worship, prayer, the Episcopal Church, the way I was born, the community I was born into, and just being a little bit older than some of the youth that were there to see that, oh my gosh, there's a there's a great movement happening in, in the Ninth Province. You know, I used to be in charge of this yearly conference about digital media and technology in the church. And mm -hmm. we always had a contingent of folks from Province 9 and churches that in most cases don't have much money, mm -hmm. um, are, are doing ministry in challenging contexts, in so many ways are leaders in evangelism, in use of new media, in ministry innovation. Mm -hmm. That's a story we don't often tell in the U.S. part of the Episcopal Church. Yes. I think it's important for the Episcopal Church in the United States to know that their fellow Episcopalians in other parts of the world are excited and are doing great work. Well, I am really glad you got to go to Eje. And I'm looking forward, of course, to us being back in the saddle with season two, uh, two weeks from today as we release this. So check your feeds on September 17th, and we'll be diving into the way of love beyond the church walls. See you then.